Live from the Thomas and Mac, it's Cofield and Company. Leonidas started the game she's been active for. What a shot from Booker. That was NBA range on the tray. Here comes a fast break the other way. Etheridge with the ball. Over the defender. No need for the pass. And the Rebels running here on a Thursday night. Webster's going to drive. Webster underneath. Puts it off the glass. And in. And a foul. Left side, Hamilton. Hamilton steps back, shoots a three, makes the three, and a chance for a four-point play. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Tuesday, Air Force in town, military appreciation night, $2 beer night, UNLV trying to get back on the winning track. You hear some Lady Rebel highlights coming back. You hear some UNLV running Rebel highlights. Willie's here. Mateo's helping out. Tip is 7 o'clock. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right, we begin the hype for the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. We'll uh, check in on Radio Row in the 5 o'clock hour with Adam Hill, who's on the road. Will, you feeling it? You feeling it, especially with guys like uh, Von Miller getting media access? Oh, man. I love what Von Miller had to say today. That was awesome. Did you see that? So Von Miller says he'll always be a Denver Bronco. He's just working in L.A. right now. And you know what, Steve? I am all for it because when these organizations in any sport trade, right, at the deadline to beef up what they're looking for, and we know the Rams because we've talked about it for the last couple weeks that – they went all in. They've always gone on in. I don't even remember the phrase you've been using, but they traded for Stafford, Devon Miller, Odell. They're going all in. They're not doing it because they care about Von Miller, the person off the field and, you know, family and getting to know him. They want to win a title. Where did he spend his career and who knows him on and off the field? Who's been there for him? He's a Bronco for life. I, I, I saw that, and it just hit like – it was so great that he said that, and it comes on the heels of last week's whole diatribe from Tom Brady and 17 message, whatever it was, from uh, you know when he posted that goodbye, and it was thanking the Buccaneers and so on and so forth, and taking that little slight where he didn't mention the the Patriots, even though later, whatever the case is, Von Miller didn't hold. But he says, "Hey, I'm always going to be a Bronco. I'm just working in LA right now. I'm just, I just kind of commuting." This is where I'm at. I'm going home to Denver. I like it, and I hope he gets a ring for it. I hope he gets a ring. He's already hinting at a Broncos return. Okay. We'll see what happens there. Well, we're just saying. Maybe he'll come to the Raiders. We'll see what happens. Do you think because he's always going to be a Bronco that he would ever consider just like working in an AFC West town other than Denver? I mean, it happens, right? We see guys bounce around the league. Melvin Ingram bounced from the Chargers to the Steelers to back to the AFC West with the Chiefs. Business is business. Got to make money these days, right? Got to do what's best for your family. Got to do what's best for your bankroll. Super Bowl coming up Sunday. Reminder, we'll be out live Westgate on Sunday morning from 10 to noon doing the preview show, the Sunday football preview show. Later on, we'll go through some of the prop bets that are available at Westgate with our buddy Sam Paniotovich 
That'll be around 4.45. So one of the big storylines of this game are the coaches. And, you know, I joke around about how many times coaches are hired, basically, uh, and I, you know, I'm being jokey here by saying, you know, at, at some point they were close enough to Sean McVay to smell one of his farts, right? Kidding. But anyone who's a Sean McVay tree guy is getting a look. Like Kevin O'Connell got the job in Minnesota with the Vikings. And in this case, they're really shanty guys, big shanty, not little shanty, big shanty. It does have to be a wake-up call, another one, for Redskins football commanders fans. They're like, wait a second. Three of the four coaches in the Final Four in the NFL were all with the Redskins at one point. Uh, by the way, I think Mike McDaniel was as well back in the day. Like, there's a whole group of coaches who worked under Dan Snyder. None of them wound up with Dan Snyder. But now they're either winning at a high level, going back to the Super Bowl for the second time like the boy genius, McVay, or they're getting jobs. What I mean, talk about rubbing salt in just a vicious wound. And I should mention Zach Taylor on the other side in the Super Bowl. There, there's just a, there is a, there are a ton of the, the storylines are are endless when it comes to this type of thing with coaching coaches where they end up and 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 those branches as you mentioned. I mean, prior to the nine hires, right? The, it was the Patriots tree and the records we were bringing forth saying that you know it's never been successful realistically. Um, and so now this week we're talking about the, the Washington franchise tree, but. You know, it just goes to show that put in the right situation, put with the right uh, teams, because you can't really say, you know, just with with McVay, can't just say, well, it's everything they brought in, because look at what Taylor's done in 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 literally rebuilding that 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 franchise. You know, for the upper brass rebuilding it and and putting the right components around him. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there are Washington fans that are sitting there writhing a little bit, seething. But yeah. I don't know necessarily if it's that big of a point in that, well, if they were all together, you know, I mean. It's, no, but, it, 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 but it is a point because if you look back. Oh, it's a point. No, it's, it's legit because if you look back. There may be a reason why none of them are there. They didn't want to be there because they saw the dysfunction. And by the way, at the top, uh, n- knowing people who work in D.C., the all that you know, aggression towards women, yeah, was certainly there when all those guys were on the staff. No, no doubt about that. And, and when I- you when you're around that that guy, the Snide Dog, as we you know jokingly call him, you know, kind of a little nerd, five foot four guy, you know, who uh, was in a fraternity and just trying to get took us any way he can. Um, can't control himself, doesn't care to control employees, so the place is like friggin' Animal House. If you're a coach, you're like, well, I'm not going to stay here, right. even as a young guy, because this ain't going to ever work with the Snide Dog at the top. Now, I would love, I would love to get Zach Taylor and Sean McVay, and Little Shanny was also on the staff, Kyle Shanahan. I would love to, to get their take off the record and tell some stories, and I'm sure they would be like, Man, it was crazy. I'm sure that it's not, a, it's not a, an environment conducive. I'm sure that since conference championship night that McVeigh and Zach Taylor have shared at least one conversation in regards. I guess my point Talk is to that, us. Is, is we that, want the story. Is that I, I get it. They don't want to be there because of the atmosphere and, and the environment created from above them. But 
Let's just say it was a healthy environment. That's still not to say that they ever had the talent and to, to put things together to have a team that was going to make a run. So it's got to start at the top. And then you have to rebuild. So just because, I mean. I, I mean, you know there are certain organizations in the NFL. They're never going to win because of the owner. They have, they, have, they, have, they have a diminished chance to win. Yes, my favorite the team in the NFL is never going to win until yeah. he sells, which we know is not going to happen. He's not going to, so hopefully, hopefully Steve Jones is going to be a lot more chill and learn the lessons from watching his dad. God, Just stay out of the football activity, but I don't know if he's going to do that. So the Bengals are in. This rebuild, I'll say, took four years, even though Zach Taylor has been there three years. Uh, Gruden was out to rebuild. It's now year five coming up. Year five. Raiders were in a close game against the Bengals. A lot of people say, hey, they should have won the game, you know, had they not blown the stupid whistle when Burrow was going towards the sideline and threw a touchdown pass. That, that all, you know, that water under the bridge, mm. should, the, should Raiders fans expect something closer to a Super Bowl based on the fact that the Bengals, a team they barely lost to, have now done it in three years? I think it, well, you're asking the Raiders. I think any team should expect it especially the teams that are at the bottom of the barrel crap that are getting the top draft picks in, next year. within five No. Next year. No. Next year is the question. No. Because the Texans do not expect to go to the Super Bowl next year. No. Because you just next said Next year, five the Raiders. Years. No. It's their fifth year. I, Those should be the expectations. The fifth year, they just hired McDaniels. It's his first. It's a continuation of Gruden. No. Yes, it is. It's they're not, not, re- not going to rebuild. Do you think he's gonna? You think they're you gonna freaking to, clear, clear out the whole roster? You think that McDaniel's is is running the same system as Gruden? He's bringing new new coordinators. Got rid of my defensive coordinator. How many? Okay, so then how? Much and did, he's got. They got to repair. Not repair, but they got to build rapport the same way Basachi did. Don't forget that those guys feel oh burned. In the restart button, so we got to wait another three years. They're, they're not going to the Super Bowl next year. They're not going to it. Damn. Bet the don't. They may make the playoffs, but they're not going to the Super Bowl. They're just not. They're not going to the Super Bowl in front the of Kansas City. They're not going to the Super Bowl in front of Kansas City. They got to get out of the AFC West, let alone. Come on now. The Chargers got what, something this, to say about all this. This is what people said about the Bengals three years ago. Hey, you got to get out of the AFC North. Things change. Well, the problem is in okay, the a- AFC West, they're not going to change with Mahomes yeah, and Herbert. Yeah, I mean, come on. I, I, not, I, I mean, still think the Broncos are going to be – about a 500 team or less. Yeah, no, I, I, without, and I didn't bring without, them up without a quarterback. I brought up Kansas City and 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 the Chargers. I didn't. I definitely didn't bring up Denver. They got issues, but I'm not saying the Raiders are going to be bad. I'm just not saying that they're not going to go to the Super Bowl. And let's forget about the the blown whistle that 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 that, that was before halftime, and it didn't prove anything. They weren't going. It doesn't mean that they were going to win. It just means that. It was an inadvertent whistle, and the play should have had to gone been played over. And there's no telling that they wouldn't have just scored anyway. So it's not as if they were just negating, saying, "Okay, Raiders ball." So, do I think that they're going to succeed? I don't know because I got to see OTAs, we got to see training camp, we got to see what happens, we got to see everybody that comes, we got to see all the, as you said yesterday, coups of coaches that were added. The coup here and a coup it's there. Not as I say. I've been pointing out that everyone says every every, 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 every hire is a true. coup. That's true. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll, 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 I will lay down my prediction now. Oh boy. For next year, oh, in yeah. terms of my win expectation, that's coming up. Two dollar beer night, military appreciation night here at Thomas and Mac. UNLV and Air Force going at it at seven o'clock. All active duty military. You come to the arena. You show your military ID. You get two free tickets. So you're in for free. And then once everyone gets in, it's two dollar beer night. Brought to you by. Miller Lite. There's a uh, great pregame tailgate out front. So come on down. You want to be taking on Air Force at 7 o'clock. 
Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. I don't really think about what anybody says about what I should do or, or how I should play. I've consistently been great over the years, so I've shown that I'm, I will show up um, when I need to show up, and uh, that's what I plan to do again on Sunday. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Willie's here at Cofield getting ready for a UNLV game, getting you ready for the Super Bowl. By the way, interesting note today. We'll have yeah. to uh, get into this a little more uh, later in the week, but UNLV lost the O coordinator, Glenn Thomas, to Arizona State. Looks like Peter Hansen, the defensive coordinator, yeah. is going to the NFL, and he'll have some sort of position with the Denver Broncos. So, I mean, I guess I you got linebackers some, coach. Okay, you got some before spring ball, but that ain't easy. Lost a, a really good coach in their defensive line coach, and now they're without an OC and a DC. Can I just say that I I honestly believe that um, Marcus Arroyo can benefit though, because we're seeing a lot of coaching carousels. We're seeing a lot of you know um, coaches looking for work. But here's the thing. I think that Marcus Arroyo is going to benefit from football, right? Uh, the UNLV basketball, men's and women's, and other sports is one thing. But for football, I think that program can benefit in things like this because of what this town is budding into. You know, it's just sort of sprouting, or it's, it's I should say it's blowing up from a pro sports standpoint and just a sports town more and more and more. Assistants are going to want to come here. And I think they're going to want to be a something, be a part of something that, you know. I think that as we talk, did did some. They they got two wins. Right, he finally got his first win. Then he got a couple wins. I think that it'll be all right. I think he's going to come out okay on the other side of this. And I think that he'll land somebody. Then they're going to come in, and um, he'll be able to, you know, they'll be able to just go under what he's looking for in his direction. And then if he lets his coordinators do their job with this team that's now his. Um, and all on the same page. It just depends on who, he, who you know who wants it. But I think that there's going to be people that want to come here, not just him grasping the trousers and hoping who's available. I think he's going to have a good pick, big a good choice to to choose or you know good selection to choose from. We're going to be all over town the uh, next five days or so, including Silver Sevens on Thursday. They got the William Hill Sportsbook there. William Hill is uh, one of the best spots in town to bet the LA Cincy matchup. On Sunday, offering more than 900 ways to bet the game, including live in-play wagering during the game. Also, they have a $100,000 play card, which is just 5 bucks to play. You pick the winning side of 15 props, and you can win big. But to get all the information, go to williamhill.us or go to the dozens and dozens and dozens of William Hill Sportsbooks in town. So I don't know why this got a, a bunch of attention today. Well, I do know why, because uh, – our good buddy, Josh Dubow, who <laughs> tweets out malicious facts mm. as a Raiders beat writer, sent out the note that the Raiders are 60-1 to 1 to win next year's Super Bowl, and uh, someone fired back at him, and they're like, why do you hate the Raiders? Like, it's, these are the odds at the sports books. It's not like he's not making, he didn't make the odds. He's not making them up. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so some fans got mad, which is weird. Also, some media snarks were all fired up. Our good buddy from the company, Adam Candy 
said the Raiders are only favored ahead of Mason Rudolph, Justin Fields, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Davis Mills. Oh, there's there's no need for that. I, there's not because I don't no remember the the National Football League naming those seven teams. <laughs> well, that. right, but the odds are set right now. Those are the quarterbacks well, then, right now. But the, the, no, but it's not to put it another way. Then, then what he should have said is put it another put another way. Oh, here we go. Derek Carr is favored ahead of the Raiders. Aren't the Willie it. Ramirez candy rivalry? It's not a rivalry. I didn't throw this in there to stir the pot. Not at all. No, but I'm stirring it right back because. He's saying the Raiders are favored ahead of these quarterbacks. Well, then, no, then, then in the context, the quarterback is in front of the court. So Derek Carr is only in favor, favored ahead of them. Correct? Otherwise, the Raiders are favored ahead of the teams. If he's doing the quarterbacks, then it's the quarterback. End of story. Okay, that's it. End of story. All right, let's get ready for Air Force and UNLV. Military appreciation night. Any active duty military, you come down, you show your ID. You get two free tickets and a favorite night of the year. I will not be allowed to drink while I'm on mic. $2 beer night here at the Thomas and Mac. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Left side, Hamilton. Hamilton steps back, shoots a three, makes the three, and a chance for a four-point play. It's Cofield and Company, live from the Thomas and Mac. Tuesday, we got a UNLE game coming up. Running the Rebels against Air Force, second in the series. Brandon Chappelle is here with us. I was doing some quick study here because I wanted to talk some Texas. I wanted to talk Lamar. I was like, where's Lamar? Oh, it's in Beaumont. Oh. Beaumont, Texas, man. Bob, Beaumont. What are you, why why are you groaning? Right by the body. Right, right there, man. I mean, that, the seafood is unbelievable. I, I, I went to uh, – the sea- let me tell you, the food in Beaumont is tremendous. The humid, the humidity is horrible. Oh, yeah, with the mosquitoes, too. Yeah, no, I'm not a mosquito guy. I went to Beaumont, oh, okay. Texas to follow. There was a, a, a legendary softball coach in town named Chuck Pope. He coached over at Silverado High School, and he put together the baddest AAU softball team or whatever it was, whatever okay. they call AAU, uh, club softball. Yeah. They went on the road one year, and they either played in Kansas or Beaumont. And this, the one year they went to Kansas, they lose their first game. He got frustrated with the team. He said, you guys, you know what? You don't want to listen to me? Go ahead. So he sat in the stands and said, you guys make your lineup. You coach whatever. They ended up making a comeback. He rejoined them. Whatever. He played, they played great. They made it to the final. They were the team going in. They had to play the if game, and they ended up losing. The next year they went to Beaumont. And I traveled with them and Whoa. did all their sort of like a like a media guy, right? Like I'm <clears> doing with athletes unlimited. Dude. Anyway, went to Beaumont with that team and uh, had some of the best Southern food. Oh my gosh! And but had some of the worst, just heat and humidity. <laughs> and I am not a humid humidity guy. So anyway, but yeah, yeah. I've been to Beaumont. It's on the other side of the, of the right of Louisiana, right? Yeah, 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 it's right there. It's a 20-minute drive from the border. Uh, it's funny what you even mentioned in that softball story. Me and my bro- well, my brother and I, we used to make a little extra bucks doing snow cones yeah. at the complex. <laughs> at that complex, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a big I, complex. I, and you know, you, know what, you know what was introduced in that time frame was now it's big everywhere. You go to because uh, arenas and carnival is Dippin' Dots. Oh, my God. You know God. those Dippin' Dots? Banana, banana split dipping dots. I'll take that any day. Yeah. Leave it to Willie to have a bunch of Beaumont, Texas stories. I got Beaumont stories. My no new idea. favorite guy. There you yeah. go. Not there many people go. know about Beaumont. Yeah. Man. Yeah. All, all I know now looking at the map <laughs> is that uh, 
It's between New Orleans and Houston, and they're kind of sister cities in a, in a way. <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Based, well, around Katrina time, you know. Houston yeah, step yeah, up. no. So that's cool. Um, you brought, sort of, uh, David Mwoka with you. Correct. I like watching him play, and I like what I've seen this year in terms of the maturation. You know, you see, hey, defensive player of the year in a conference, right. and you expect him to just move right into the Mountain West Conference. Correct. It's a little different conference. Yep. And last week we talked to Kevin Kruger about uh, getting him tougher. Yes. Yeah, and, it, and it's more so the mindset because he is a tough kid, but it's, it's, it's understanding the level of competition. But then every day, in and out, you know, you have to be tough mentally as well as physically. And, and honestly, Royce Ham and, and, and the rest of the guys, they're doing a good job of instilling certain things in them. And Coach Kruger does a great job, too, not letting them off the hook, letting them know every time, nope, nope, that's not it, nope. Well, and what I have to you, – you brought up mental toughness, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself my next question is both you and Kevin bring a pedigree that's pretty tremendous, him – under his father, but you playing for Billy Tubbs, who a, a relentless tyrant. Oh my gosh! <laughs> pra- practice like it was his goal, and, and rest in peace. Him, his family's great. He, he was outstanding coach, but his goal was to make practice where you were begging for a game, right. whether right. you're playing the number one team in the nation or whoever. Yeah, uh, he wanted practice to be that hard. He was one of those guys where um, I've been, I've been. Um, watching a, lately, the last few weeks, I've been watching some old Kobe Bryant interviews okay. uh, for, for a specific reason, um, studying them. And he talked about how when he broke people down at practice, like he literally tried to make them cry. And if they cried, he didn't want you part of the playoff roster. <laughs> but wow. he had said he was going to make practices so hard <clears throat> that Game 7 would see, seem easy when they got to the playoffs. Yeah. That's the type of old-school college coaching the John Thompson's the Billy Tubbs the Karnasekas the Tarkanians and that's what you sort of learned from so do you bring that sort of tutelage to these guys to a degree there's only so much you can do in 2022 without getting called out but you try to (laughs) bring that mentality yeah absolutely it's it's just pushing you don't understand how much you have inside of you until you literally go to that edge and almost tip over and and that's just really the goal. We we, we follow Kruger and, and he has that same mindset. You know, you can imagine playing for your dad exactly, and, yeah. and scrapping and, and, and trying to, to make an NBA roster and playing overseas. You know, all these things put together, we just try to instill that in the guys and not make it complicated or anything. Just yeah, you have more, give more. <clears throat> and if you have more to give, no one cares if you're saving anything, you gotta put it all out there. UNLV assistant Brandon Chappelle getting us ready for the game tonight, talking a little hoops, running rebels, going against Air Force, uh, we'll get into more of the Rebel roster here in a second, but Air Force on the other side. Yeah. So you guys got off to a great start up there, and then <laughs> there was kind of a there was a lull from an offensive standpoint. It was it was mostly Bryce, and then down the stretch, Donovan picked it up. They finished with 51 points combined. Right, right. But I thought the defense in the middle of the game yeah. was not great, and no. it's a tough system to go against. So what did you think, and now what would you point out to work on? Yeah, well, it's it's – they do a great job of running their offense, running their sets. They're, they are who they are at the beginning of the game, and they're the same at the end of the game. I was going to say, you know what's funny about – and this is the, all the military academies, mm. but it's almost like the football approach. If Air Force football falls down by 14 points, guess what? They're not going to throw no. 38 times to come nope. back. They, <clears throat> they believe their system's going to work, and yep. you have to – especially on the basketball floor, you have to be mentally sturdy – Yes. Because they're going to keep running it no matter what the deficit is. Yeah, they're not changing. They, they are, I mean, honestly, I think it's safe to say they're the definition of discipline. And, and they, that's what they do on the court where, like you said, we can 
they were down early. They didn't change anything. They kept running. So for us, it's focusing in on knowing what they're going to do in their back cuts, and, and, and they move that ball, man. Those are, those are tough games for younger guys who are, as you're trying to get Mawoka more aggressive, and then, of course, Keyshawn comes on, and he's like a freaking <laughs> lunatic. He's a whirling dervish. But those, are not, those aren't the games where you can be out of control. Correct. Correct. You have to stick to the game plan. You have to stick to the principles. And, and it's a challenging, especially, you know, we're still growing as well. We're, we're fighting and we're clawing. We're getting to know each other every single day more and more. It's a disciplined game. So when you see and know firsthand going up there and playing a team like that that's disciplined and going to play for the right shot and pass the ball but keep moving the ball effectively, right. you <clears> see <throat> a team like New Mexico that you put 85 points on right. here – in a, in a big win, right, a 29-point win, yeah. you see that New Mexico goes in there and throws a 91 spot on them. Right. What do you take from what they did to apply it without wavering from your system? Well, honestly, it's a lot of similarities with us and them as far as offensively. I'm talking about New Mexico. Just as far as, you know, you want to put your guys in ball screens, move, take open shots, do things like, you know, House went down there and what he had, 42 points, I believe, and, 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 and really attacked their defense and we're just kind of looking to do the same where the things that really helped us early on as far as being aggressive in the first half of the game or the first six seven minutes we're looking to carry that over tonight i think ethan taylor's the favorite or co-favorite for freshman of the year in the mountain west conference he's a six five guard with air force and i give joe scott a lot of credit aj walker's been a rock for them and they haven't playing off the ball when i when i saw that i was like whoa this kid's gonna play point guard right he's a really interesting point guard We'll talk about the injury. You got a, you got a game plan like he's playing. But tell us about Ethan Taylor and how you can better defend him this time around because I actually thought he did a lot of his damage in the post. Yeah, he did. It, it was allowing him to get easy post catches. And even towards the end of the game when we kind of started making a run or a pushback, you know, we just made those catches harder for him. But honestly, the reason he is really good is because plays don't have to be called for him. You know, he had offensive rebounds. He was cutting. He was flashing. He was moving without the ball. And we just have to keep an eye on him and make sure he plays and he, he, he feels contact every play. From a team aspect, um, well, I've noticed during the season or during on, on the whole, inside the arc, you guys have shot a lot better from start to where you're at now, almost 50% from two-point uh, two range. Mm -hmm. In conference play, that's dipped <laughs> – so about 48%, and you're ranked 10th in the conference. But three-point uh, percentage, ranked fourth, 35%, whereas on the season it wasn't as high. Has, is, is the caliber of play in the Mountain West forcing you all to, to put more shops up for the perimeter? Is that the, is that the game plan? Or are they defending you better within the arc? Well, <clears throat> you, just, you just look at – the top of the league or, or even more so than that teams that we have already played against, the type of defensive teams that are in this conference. It is a gritty, tough, you have to get everything you earn. That's number one. But also with us, we just kind of want the guys to play where they're not feeling restricted but able to flow within the offense. So, you know, a lot of catch-and-shoots opportunities are there for us. It's no secret Bryce Hamilton has been able to, to uh, you know, find his offensive motion and everything. So teams are starting to – play off of him more so there's more catch and shoot opportunities for our other guys and you know we're trying to mix it up trust me we'll take an easy layup any day of the game or, or any day um, but you know the guys are really trying to you know get a feel and, and figure each other out even more well I'll give you a couple of things on that from a player standpoint the fact when Donovan has played 
he's starting to fire up more threes, and he's a really good three-point shooter. And the other guy is Jordan McCabe, and we've talked to you know McCabe and Kevin Kruger about this, yeah. it, it, trying to change him from that mindset of just facilitator like he was in the past to, like, True. you got to shoot, man. And, and now he's starting to shoot, and he's making threes. Yeah, and he's uh, honestly – and guys all do a good job of coming in getting extra shots, but Jordan is probably one of our most consistent guys, coming in, get his shots in every day. And Every time I'm down here, and, you know, it's, uh, obviously it's not a uh, ton compared to, what, you know, what you see with the program as an assistant, but after every practice availability that he stays about as long as anyone shooting threes. Yeah, that's him. And, and you know, he has a lot of responsibility, um, you know, with his role on this team, but it, it's hard – for him sometimes to gauge when and when not to. And I think he's done a great job of that with the confidence that Coach Kruger's putting in in him and him watching film and seeing opportunities that he can also be effective offensively. Brandon Chappellison with Cofield and Company, one of the Rebels' assistants. Uh, 7 o'clock start tonight, Air Force in town as the Rebels try to get the back end of the two-game series. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea what the diagnosis is officially for Donovan and Vic. I know in talking to Vic uh, earlier in the year with his shoulder, he actually mentioned that some of it is you know, mental kind of getting through the right. pain, and I think that's the case for Donovan. I'm not saying they're not hurt, right. but there is a mental aspect here to both of their games, and they have very different games, but you have to kind of feel like you're healthy to go out there at 100%. So how do you, how do you fight that battle where you're like, just get out there, you know, be tough, <laughs> but all, you know, also respecting that, hey, maybe there's a little crisis of confidence for him. Right, and, and that's where – Trust comes into play, just to be honest. You know, both of these guys, they've been in college for two years before they came, you know, here. So they understand their, their body a little bit, and they understand the training and, and, and doing things necessary to get back on the court. But it's really trust because we know both of those guys want to win. Um, you know, Victor, when, when he got kind of, I guess you could say, re-injured or, or aggravated um, at Utah State, you know, he, he was the most devastated he's been and still trying to coach guys up on the bench and help them out. Uh, same with Donovan. You know, he came back in a big rivalry game against Reno and, and you know, had played well and, you know, was excited to come back and get ready to practice the next day. And, you know, he had to trust and listen to his body. So, you know, obviously we're, we're a better team when we're full roster, but we got some guys that, that really kind of uh, flourish in adversity a little bit, kind of like Colorado State. And, and you say that when you're full and when you're healthy, um, I noticed – up and down, there's 11 guys that are averaging double-digit minutes. Are you starting to see the quality minutes needed, even if it's two, three minutes, to, to give someone a breather? You're starting to see it because that's what's really necessary come tournament time. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great point. And, and it's just really still every single day coaching these guys, getting them to, to – for us all to get on one page where whether it's two minutes or 20 minutes, you have to go in there and do everything you can to fight to win, period. I mean, that's what – top teams are doing that's what you know it, it's no matter what it is you sacrifice for your brothers and you go out there and try to do what you do to win all right coach good spot we appreciate the sit down no problem appreciate you guys man i appreciate that bow my plug too. I, you, <laughs> you gotta go. be i got you you got you hit me up on twitter bro we we, we go kick it we'll, we'll chat it's, it up get some dipping dots well, i think you're gonna first no, we're not gonna, you were gonna say you're gonna go get a drink and then no, i was no, like he's gonna go dip i don't dots. i don't yeah drink. i'm i'm, no, I'm we're a not seafood guy no you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna take i'm gonna take i'm gonna take brandon to uh i'm gonna take brandon to to our gym my son to our perfect gym where we own a training facility we're going to get a lift in, then we're going to get a post-workout. He has to lift to get the meal? Yeah, we're going to yeah. get a post-workout. Are you looking at him, He looked at me right my – no, first of all, this is a medium-sized His shirt. deltoids so. are on pump right now. <laughs> did you get a, Did you go upper body or lower today? I did a little lower. Okay, well, his shoulders are on pump. 
He must have squatted because there you go. I had to hold it up. I couldn't even. I couldn't even resist. I got my BCAAs, bro. Come on. Now. All right. I think we're going to get more weightlifting talk coming up. Is uh, Miles Killebrew from the Steelers and uh, Foothill High School local from the NFL is up. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company. Cofield and Company. There are not enough here um, African Americans out here um, as coaches. There's so many times where you think that you want African American coaches. Just make sure it's 50-50, you know, giving everybody an equal shot. Um, who can come in and change a change a program or change a franchise? That's what it's truly about. And I feel like, you know, African American coaches sometimes get the short end of the stick. Darius Leonard, one of the uh, great defenders in the National Football League, Pro Bowl weekend. Willie caught up on him. He was talking about the uh, coaching issue in the National Football League. Let's talk a little NFL. Steeler, former Lion, local guy. Miles Killebrew is up with Cofield and Company with Steve and Willie here. Miles, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. What are you up to? Uh, you finally have a little time off. The season's over, so what have you been doing? Finally got a little time little time to myself, was able to catch up uh, with all the Pro Bowl action here in town, huh? Man, that was, uh, that was cool to see all those guys uh, in my home city. But, um, yeah, man, just hanging out and uh, getting ready to start preliminary training for this offseason. So, Miles, while you were here, did you uh, – you had a chance to – did you catch up? Did you go to all the festivities and – since it sort of tied in, and I think that there had to have been some carryover, maybe some of the hockey guys visiting some of the festivities, some of the football. Did you did you get a chance to sort of take in and 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 watch both or one of the other? You know what? I wasn't able to catch uh, some of the festivities just because I got in. I got in late. I came. I actually had to go back out to Pittsburgh just to handle some last minute stuff. And so by the time I got back, a lot of it was was already concluding. Um, but, you know, I was able to talk to some of my guys, and, and it was cool to see. I wasn't able to see some of the Steelers, you know, that were out there, but, you know, I was able to catch up with some of my old, some of my old guys. It was cool to see uh, Quandre out there, Quandre Diggs, you know, back in my Lions days. Yeah. I was able to connect with him online, and, and, you know, we were able to, you know, just talk a little bit. But, um, yeah, you know what? I was actually surprised. My sister, she went to the actual game. I was actually surprised. I thought it. I thought there was more tackling in the Pro Bowl. I was surprised that it wasn't. It, it wasn't any any contact. That part surprised me. But other than that, I thought it was. You know, the skills competitions and stuff were cool. And, let, let me tell you something, Miles. When I uh, put in time for, uh, which I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, NevadaPreps.com at the. Oh yeah. When I, when I was helping out Damon Siders, and uh, I saw more hitting and more rough stuff with the. Uh, girls flag football league because them girls do not mess around let me tell you something i I watch arborview i I watch arborview and shadow ridge almost almost scrap and there was there was more physical activity at that game but let's let's be honest from a from a no they're from an from an ownership a management and a player standpoint it's you've got the best players in the nfl you're gonna i mean to even think that they used to tackle in the pro bowl is kind of crazy the money is so big now miles and the investments are so gigantic you really can't allow it Oh no! Yeah, there's no way. There's no way guys are going to sign up to, to, to. I mean, the season's over for these guys, and the the very first thing they're going, the, the last thing they're going to want to do is go out there and tackle, you know, a couple weeks removed from the season, some just a week removed from the season. Like there's no there's no way. I mean, you've already shut it down. You know, it's 
<laughs> you're recovering. You're we're in recovery mode right now. So it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, the fact that they even had pads on. Hey, kudos to them. Okay. Well, they tried out. They tried out some new things, and I think this has been a, a, a Harbaugh push, John Harbaugh, about uh, kickoffs and how they could do. Uh, you know how they could change. The- up um this isn't good for you as a guy who played what like 335 snaps on on special teams what do you think of seeing you can start out at fourth and 15 on the opposing 25 look man here's a here's the deal they've been trying to get rid of kickoff since i got to the league you know and people don't realize you know they, they make jokes you know okay special teams whatever it's not offense defense you know i get it like i understand but there's an element to the game that it brings, you know, you can you can really change field position, and field position is is everything in the NFL. And you start taking out, you start taking out kickoff. You know what's next? You, obviously, kickoff return, and then you know what? What do you leave? Punt, punt return. I mean, you're talking roster spots, man. Those are guys who they're never even going to see the NFL if you're not playing four yep. core special teams. And so, you know, it's tough. There's, there's a lot of angles you can take from it. I get it, player safety, whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, not everybody is your first or second wide receiver, first or second corner, you know, backup long snapper. You know, it's, there's, there's, there's five or six positions in the NFL that, you know, you need. They, 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 you know, you can impact a game on special teams. You know, I'm not here trying to promote – how important special teams are, but <laughs> well, you should. But keep going. It's good. I mean, but it's it is it is very it is, important. It is I mean, shoot, I've been able to stay in the league for this is my going to be my seventh year. Yep. And I've seen guys first round draft picks who are no longer in this in this league that, that were drafted my year, you know, or or years after me. And so, the only way I can justify that is you know I'm surviving three, four different head coaches, five head coaches, five different special teams coaches is is special teams. You know, and it and it it does bring value. <clears throat> um, one thing that people don't realize is it has the largest uh, disparity in talent when you're talking about and experience when you're talking about NFL. So, you know, your first receiver is going against your first corner, and you know, SEC guys. You know, they've been bred for this moment. Maybe they've been in the league. You know, if they're coming in rookie, like you know, it, it doesn't. There's not a huge talent gap. But on special teams now, I've been doing this for seven years. I know all the tricks. And now I'm going out here against rookies who they didn't play special teams in college. You know, they, they were the best in their school, so they're playing running back, and now they're humbled. They have to play special teams. Yep. The, the, the level of talent disparity is so high. Like it's, it's, it's insane. And that is such an advantage. And so it just it bodes well for me. Um, but I definitely understand the flip side of it. You know, people don't want to see guys get hurt. I think it's one of the last phases in NFL football where you can totally have freedom. You know, every step is accounted for on offense and defense. I mean, down to the, down to the step guys. Like it's, it's, it's like if you, if you misstep once one, like six inches, like that's the difference. Boom. It's a touchdown. Boom. It's not a touchdown. Yeah. That's a catch. That's inbound. That's out. Special teams, man, it's freedom. It's one-on-one in most cases. And it's, you can go anywhere. And it's, it's one of the last places in NFL football that, that you have that freedom. Miles, i got to ask you, so you brought up in terms of special teams, and you brought up your, your training and learning in college. And so before we move on to, you know, your time in Pittsburgh and, and Super Bowl talk, I, I want to ask you, 
because you, you went to Southern Utah, and sure. this is a hotbed for, you know, um, local players. I mean, I think, I think my guy Bishop Jones followed you by one year from Arborview, um, the yep. year you got drafted. He went up there. But, I mean, you played up there. I think there was a contingent of probably six or seven from out of Southern Utah is always recruiting heavy. I believe one of the Arborview kids, Lyle Santos, I bring up Arborview a lot because my son went there. But um, mm-hmm. the that particular program, and, and you brought up what you learned there, for the listeners out there, explain how, you know, it, it, a lot of times it doesn't matter where you're going. You don't need the prestige name. It's more or less the education, but also the training that you're going to get because you just talked about that and look at where you're at. And you just said you've been doing this seven years now. Well, so here's the thing. We kind of struck gold there that year in Southern Utah. Coach Lamb, Ed Lamb, he's now a coordinator up at BYU. Um, That was his first recruiting class. And he had the mindset of just recruiting guys based on um, sure, you'll have to ask him his metric. I still don't know how he did it. He's definitely a, got a great eye. Uh, he went and found me out of Foothill High School, um, which I can count on one hand how many guys have been recruited out of Foothill for any sport uh, to go to college. And then you had LaShawn Sims out of Agassiz Prep, which is a small school. I mean, you guys, small school over there in freaking uh, 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 the west side. Yep. And... um. You had James Kowser that year, who he ended up going on a mission. You know how Utah is. I think Davion then, uh, was there. Did you bring up Davion? I think Davion was there, wasn't Davion, he? There was, anyway, there was five or six of us, right, right that yeah. he recruited. And the thing about that year is he took us on trips that you, I, I don't think you can really do anymore. You know, we were up in the mountains in Utah. He would bring up a couple pigs. And he would make everybody leave their cell phones. And, you know, we weren't allowed to really talk about it. But we're out there hunting, you know, I don't even know what porcupines with spears that we fastened ourselves. Like, we're just living in the land for a week and a half in the summer. And we can only play card games because there's no Wi-Fi and we don't have our phones. You know, and the pigs that we brought three days later after we feed them, you know, we the Samoans are baking them underground, you know, beating them over there and baking them underground. A whole bunch of PETA laws, everything, you know, it's just you can't do anymore. Um, I'm pretty sure he got in trouble for it, but whatever. <laughs> Long story short, our unit was so strong and so tight. I mean, we were looking for ways to get better. You know, we were running running hills. We were running in the sand. We were just making stuff up, dude. And so by the time our junior year came, our whole house specifically – me, LaShawn Sims, Josh Thornton, we had gotten it down so tight that LaShawn, he was running a 4-2 just under 200 pounds as a corner. Wow. I had gotten up to 235, and my junior day, I actually ran a 4-4-2 at 135 pounds. So, yeah, people came, and they were asking questions about what's going on at SCU. I got drug tested every, every week, it seemed like. Like, it was insane. And so out of my year, five of us got a shot at the NFL. Um, LaShawn got drafted. I'm talking about just in our house. LaShawn went fifth round to the Titans. I obviously went fourth to the Lions. James Kowser went to the Raiders, uh, did a stint in the Raiders. JT, Josh Thornton, ended up coming out with me to, uh, to Detroit undrafted. And Rodane DeLuce, he was a personal trainer, physical trainer. 
Ended wow. up becoming a physical trainer for the Lions. And he's hey, now with hey, me uh, in Pittsburgh. Hey, Miles, I'm going to cut you off. Congrats on your success. We want to get you on for a longer period of time down the road. Thank Dude, you so I much. I know. I could talk all day. I appreciate <laughs> I you guys. You Thanks, Miles. I'll let you get out of here. See you guys. Have fun.